1: salutations everybody it is maddie here today with episode 239 of the ham radio podcast
2: and it's me carrick with acg
1: ladies and gentlemen we hope you're all doing well uh, just a heads up about my mic you know carrick and i have been trying to figure this some bitch out for a good number of minutes now <laughs> nothing's really working so uh, this is the best that we've got right now as we uh continue to, to put foam and stuff on the on the walls here and make this studio a little more audio friendly uh, but we do appreciate your patience. I just want to make sure I mention it off the bat because you know, first comment will be about it. So yeah, <laughs> make sure make sure
2: people know. Um, Carrick, as
1: always, I like to ask how you're doing. How was your week?
2: Busy, even though it wasn't really game stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. super busy, super yeah. busy. Pretty good though. Pretty good. Didn't Busy's really play great. much. Couple side games here and there. Yeah. Did you play? Yeah. Did you really play anything?
1: That's the thing. I I play games most days, but like lately, it's been along the lines of a I. Don't I don't feel like really driven to play games right now um, because nothing crazy's coming out. Nothing's grabbing my attention. I'm kind of just in like a lull. Yeah. So I'm trying to play a little catch up on some games. Um, one of the games I'm playing right now is Sekiro. Uh, as a lot of people on the show know, I'm not like a number one Sekiro fan. Like I, I dropped it pretty quickly. I got like a couple of mini bosses in and then I was like, it's not for me. And I dropped it. But I have some friends who are... Obsessed with this game. Like, and I mean obsessed. Like, beat the game 10-plus times obsessed. Like, just absurd. Because um, they really, really, really like it. So, they were like, dude, nothing's coming out in February. Try it again. I was like, all right. I'm like, what am I going to do? I got nothing else to play. Um, so, yeah, I got past Genichiro. Um, I just beat him last night. He took me 21 tries. My friend was counting. He took me 21 tries. So...
2: Which friend uh, is this? So I get an idea. Is this Vin? Uh, Vin uh, no, this is
1: this is my friend. Never. He's like a a, a PlayStation friend. Like I, oh, gotcha. I don't actually like know know him. He's like an a online friend. Oh, um, I see. Okay. Yeah, and so he. Uh, he he's like the we call it, we jokingly call him like a mentor because you know he he like will we'll go on share play on PS4 mm-hmm. and he'll just like watch us play the game and be like no that's not what you've got to do like you know he, and he'll kind of coach you in the game that's awesome it's, it's it's a fun interaction yeah so it's it's made it kind of a meta game so that that's made Sekiro a lot more enjoyable the the combat is sharp it is it yeah. is good I didn't realize how good it felt until I I played Sekiro I was like eh I left it um i played something else in the next day which was yesterday i came back played it again i was like okay so this game does have a good feel um uh something that i don't think you really realize until you you go into another third person action game i just don't see myself loving it as much though because everyone's like yeah after you beat Ganichiro, like the hooks are in i beat him and i was like yeah i guess i'll keep playing like i don't know it's it's i certainly know now it's definitely not like the game for me i like it i will try to see it through uh, as long as it holds my attention because there's also nothing else to play, but it's not as high on my list as it is for others, and I think it's just because of preference. I like Dark Souls because, you know, you can or Bloodborne because less Bloodborne in this style with builds, but more so in Dark Souls where you have bosses and you have boss tactics, and then like you can tackle bosses differently based on your build. Um, I always found that really exciting because there's you know multiple ways to fight the same enemy, plus just the matter of being on your toes and easily being punished. I think that just melds better with me as a gamer, and Sekiro is just more of like an action-adventure title, which Mm -hmm. uh, is an interesting foray for FromSoft. They did a great job, but it's just not... doesn't
2: have the hooks for me. Have you been playing anything? I've done a little bit of board game stuff. Um, I did a test last... Wait, was it this week? This... No, wait. It was either this week or last week. Jesus, I can't even remember. I think it was this I saw week. you
1: cleaning something in your board game room or Well, yeah, I was Twitter. doing
2: that, too, now that <laughs> I think about it. I was cleaning up uh, – those are all Heroclix and, like, the plastic storage bin. Mm-hmm. So I was moving those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tried I, – I decided I was going to do some content every day. Um, so I did – I saw that, yeah. I think that must have been this week. So I did a YouTube video. I think I did two in a row. Then I did a podcast uh, – you know, a audio only on, on Spotify. Mm -hmm. um and then another audio only and then today you know we'll do the podcast that was sort of what took up you know like trying to decide what i wanted to cover because i i don't i'm not very good if i'm not really interested in whatever it is um so yeah that was it man i dude i don't know i've been like it's weird i've been sort of loath to put a game in because it is slightly dead. So I've been doing a little bit of study on game design and stuff for like, a, yeah, you know, future yeah, videos. It's, like a, it's so, a perfect
1: time to just yeah. divert and do like watch a show, watch a movie, read a book. I started. Oh, I have the been the watching night, shows. Yeah. What, so, what, what book, what book Um I started, it was called meditation. Was it? Yeah. I think meditations. um It's about this former Roman emperor and sort of his little like self, Written journal um mm. that you know to motivate him each and every day um I, it wasn't like I was looking for a self-help book but like I found out that amazon because like, I'm a prime member and I found out that Amazon Prime has on the Kindle this thing called prime reading where they just give yeah out free it's awesome books. isn't it and yep. yeah and I was just like wow like a lot of these are really good books too so yep. uh, I, I took advantage and I started one um uh, I don't know if I'll stick with this book um because there was another one I saw that caught my interest, but now that I know I can kind of like surf between books until something grabs me um that's kind of exciting I'll definitely be messing with my kindle a lot more because I used to like have to hear about it from someone or or something along those lines and and my taste in books is vastly different from uh like my family you know my family loves like murder mysteries and all oh, that right. stuff and I'm just like eh, I'll play Rapa, you know yes <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my right. logic um Yes, but ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are uninitiated, uh, welcome to the Ham Radio Podcast. This is our weekly gaming show where we just like to you know unwind a little bit, talk the latest gaming news, um, and, and just connect with you guys. So uh, just keep in mind, this is a free show. We're available every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, iTunes, or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play, as well as Pocket Casts. Uh, if you want to support the show... Uh, A buck will get you early access here. If you want to get involved in the Discord and join in multiple conversations and uh, submit your questions for both this podcast as well as BFGF AFK, my other podcast with my girlfriend, um, that's three bucks. And so uh, we appreciate everyone who continues to support us there. Uh, Someone actually left a comment saying, (laughs) they were like, $3 to get into a Discord. Man, you guys, you know, really learn from Bethesda. And I understand the mindset, but I don't think people realize how quickly toxic a Discord can get. Um, So just
2: having a, um, what's it called? Having uh, a, a barrier of entry, yeah, it, so it wait, makes a pretty big they, difference. They were trying to say that because you were you were spending, or because you were asking for. Th- well, first of all, I asked for five bucks, so fuck off, whoever that was. Second, <laughs> um, it, uh, to give you guys an example, let me give you guys an example real quick about how toxic it can be. Um, I had one issue that was so toxic; I had multiple people come in to mm-hmm. the podcast or to the Discord uh, when it was free. And try to cause a bunch of issues, and it cost me probably nine hundred dollars to to in time to fix the issues, get a bot set up to stop that those issues from happening, and that was all because it was free. Um, people who pay, it is very, very easily studied and researched that a person who pays will usually treat something with a higher, uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it, a higher importance. Yep. Yeah,
1: and so uh, we're not really out to explain ourselves, but more so to just uh, (laughs) clarify people's uh, perspective. If you don't want to pay, that's totally fine. No one's obliged to. We make the show show available for free so that you can enjoy it without spending your money. It's for those who would like to opt in, be a part of the conversation, as we account for literally all of our patron questions every single week. And and we take pride in that. Yeah, Um, for sure. So with that all said, Carrick what's uh actually I'm sorry I almost was incredibly rude is there anything happening on your
2: patreon oh uh y- oh yeah wait um i think this month there's a ufc so we'll do the thing i was telling you about where we do like a ufc get together oh, yeah. and then um i have been doing quite a few like behind like releasing it to patreon or i sort of took your like what you do with the pod your podcast where it's like patrons early so what I've been right. doing with a couple of videos that I know aren't, like, reviews, I've been doing them a little early uh, to see how those are. And then um, probably a B-movie night, but we haven't decided when. Cool. But not not super, not a lot of game stuff, because there just really isn't anything huge right now.
1: Cool, cool, cool. All right, nice. It looks like you guys are having fun over there. Yeah, I got to try, like, little, uh, like, I guess, activity things, like... I, I, I feel like the way you run your Patreon. This is this isn't meant in a mean way, so don't take it this way. But it's like almost like a school. You know, you got like you know, oh, be movie nights. You know, you got like you got like little activities planned. Yeah, we do. Uh, and and I think that's cool. So I, I that's something I definitely should adopt for my own because that that sounds like a really fun idea. All right, now with all of that out of the way, let's talk uh, gaming news. We're going to discuss Dan Hauser leaving Rockstar a pretty significant shift in the industry. Uh, I'm sure the ripple effect will be felt throughout Rockstar. How much? Well, we'll discuss that in a second. Let's read the official document. After an extended break beginning in spring of 2019, Dan Hauser, vice president, creative at Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company. Dan Hauser's last day will be March 11th, 2020. We are extremely grateful for his contributions. Rockstar Games has built some of the most critically acclaimed and commercially successful games, uh, game world, sorry, a global community of passionate fans and an incredibly talented team, which remains focused on current and future projects. So, Carrick, what do you make of the guy who pretty much headed up franchises like Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, Max Payne? Um, I'm pretty sure he headed up the writing for Red Dead Redemption 2, which was like a fantastic story. Uh, How do you receive this loss from Rockstar?
2: Yeah, it's pretty big because I checked his internet movie database, and it literally, it's like every game main writer Mm -hmm. every game NPCs written by him every game side characters written by him every game main character I was just like what the fuck he legit was seems to be like the main crux of the thing that I think most people like about those games um or at least the Red Dead part and Bully which is the story I think GTA Mm -hmm. 5 people probably wouldn't say the story was the best part um so no I think it's huge and we talked about this with the doctors leaving BioWare it's like when you change a leader the focus the atmosphere will change we'll see you know somebody else somebody said because i was pretty negative about it in my video and somebody was like well somebody else might step in who's better and i'm like you know what this reminds me of ubisoft saying they're changing their editorial staff i'm like that's not the problem the problem is not ubisoft's story right it's like it's it's like the weird gameplay issues or something like that so to me Mm him leaving is probably the worst person to leave if that makes sense as in yeah. the guy i would most rather have n- not have left but it is what it is like there's yeah he's gone or leaving
1: yeah and i mean i think it's well earned you, you think of all the games he's worked on and for how many years he's done yep. it, he's probably just like yeah i'm you know i've made enough money i'm pretty tired and yeah. uh a well-earned vacation is is long overdue so I imagine that's what he's doing because some people were like, oh, it's because Take-Two's getting really greedy and, and they're thugs. And while I think there is truth to that, I do think that um, it has really nothing to do with him as a creative. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, he's worked under those conditions that we've talked about with Rockstar for years uh, since, you know, the get-go, man. Like, he's been there from the start, So, or at least I think he was from the start. Yeah, and he's so, a founder. He's a founder. Yeah, I was going to say. So, you know, he's he was he's been through it all. Um, so I don't think suddenly, because it's got some public attention, that he's like, yeah, I'm out. Um, I just think it's a matter of like, all right, you know, this is it. I'm moving on now. I don't think he's moving on to any other studios or anything. I just think he's kind of done. And uh, that's always what's interesting is, is this industry is so, uh, A, young, and B, like, point-to-point movement. You know, it's always not like uh, – I'm retiring, you know, kind of like a superstar right. after a certain amount of time in a sport. It's always like, I'm moving to this studio. I'm working on this game at, at this position. Ferguson and it,
2: going to Blizzard. You know? Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. And we, yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. You know, it's it's always like a shift in position. Yeah. Um, and I think people just always think that's what it's going to be when someone leaves a company. It's like, no, he's he's probably just retiring. You know, he you work at Rockstar. They're, you know, they have the number three best-selling game of all time in GTA 5, GTA Online itself is a, is a money a money uh, or sorry a cash cow. Um, so yeah, I I just think at this point he's just like, "Yep, yeah, I'm done. I'm good." Well, dude,
2: he's a multi 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 millionaire. So, <laughs> at some point at your age, like if you if he's been in it that long, I don't know his age, but let's say I'm sure it's above 40. So, he's above 40 and yeah. he's sitting there going, "Okay, I can work crunch hours all this time or I can leave now when I'm still 40, which is like technically half the age of a person you know like that's that's a pretty okay age I think it's also important to remember that um, he had talked about doing GTA 6 and how difficult it was to do satire because anything he tries to do now doesn't feel realistic because the mm-hmm. real world is weirder than he can write so I was wondering oh, yeah. if perhaps he looked at GTA 5 and said not that this is the best we can do I'm not saying that but maybe he looked at GTA 5 and said this was like Everything coming together—the technology, the our ideas, our time to work on the game without interrupt, without outside influence—all the stuff. Um, All and maybe it's like quit while you're on the absolute top, like yeah, because he really is walking away with a championship belt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just—it's like okay, yeah, I'm I'm taking off. Like, and he took. Remember, he was off for a break. uh, As of two thousand, he quit uh, working there in November I think and took a break for 2 months before he decided to leave so I'm assuming mm-hmm. it might just be yeah just time just time Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a, and that's a really good point that you said about like GTA 5 versus GTA 6 and I think that could definitely play a factor almost uh you know let it be someone else's problem or you know him almost and this is no disrespect to him because obviously he's made a lot of helped make a lot of great games but it's almost like getting out of the way right he's like yeah, if exactly. I stay the series may suffer
2: yeah. And I have what? enough money, and I'm going to just move on. And look at uh, Red Dead 2 did really, really well, but it's not going to do as well as GTA 5. We know that. You look at the numbers, and you're like, okay, we know that. And mm. to me, he might have looked at it and said, okay, this is, what, this is sort of what people want right now. And we did, I mean, why jump off when GTA 6 is going to be a stressful thing? Because how are you going to beat GTA 5? I'm like, a
1: little, uh, I'm a little surprised that uh, he didn't stick through until maybe a bully too, if that was possible. That seemed like once I saw that news, and then based off what you're saying, I was thinking to myself, man, you know, yeah, I, I thought like that would be you know, if Magnum you know, Opus for him. Yeah, 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 I was gonna exactly because I was gonna say you know GTA, what you said makes complete sense. Like, yeah, you can't get weirder than that. But there was so much room to explore with Bully and to make that you know a fun but weird experience, right? Like. It was amazing to just have like a potato gun or a slingshot as a standard weapon. And, um, you know, that's just completely missing nowadays in gaming. So it, it seemed like a, a wide open hole to to make something really unique. Um, and, you know, the rumor for a while has been that they're making Bully 2. Is it true or not? I have no idea. But it's just constant murmurs about it. Um, yeah. I just don't think it's like feasible or necessary for them to just say like, hey, once again, GTA Five, number three best-selling game, straight up.
2: You know, next to like I think Tetris and Minecraft or something like that, like just which aren't even like I, I don't know about you, but I don't even know if I I consider them games. But if you get my drift, mm-hmm. like Tetris, I don't even think sold at the full price day one. I don't know if yeah. micro, I don't know if Minecraft, I don't know what its price. Minecraft is. Minecraft
1: was like a twenty buck game, yeah. Yeah, so it's
2: like we're talking a triple A on everything, $60. Android, yeah. iPhone, like stuff GTA is not even on. You know, mm-hmm. it's insane, dude. That success is beyond belief. It's still number one selling game, half the yeah, time. Yeah.
1: So I just I don't see the rush for a GTA Six. I still don't. I I wouldn't see a rush for another number of years until you see GTA Online sort of falling off um, and people not being interested. I don't see why you need a GTA Six. Yeah. I really don't. Uh, and that's just me. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't mind one, but I feel like Rockstar would be more aimed at uh, a Bully Two. That that just seems to fit what's missing now, because you could have a bully online, you could have like factions like the nerds, the jocks, and and see where that goes, right? And then if that Mm -hmm. doesn't work, I'm sure by then it could be time for um, a GTA 6. At least that's just my projection. Yeah. Well, best to Dan Hauser. We hope he enjoys his time off well-deserved. Thank you for all the great games, and hopefully Rockstar continues to kill it. Um, Any closing thoughts on that topic before we move on, Sarah?
2: Other than yeah, like, I mean, I would have, I guess I would have liked him to work on Bully, but you know, mm-hmm. life, I, guess, I mean, you know, life goes on. Top,
1: yeah, one topic we could we could touch on real quick is, do you think uh, Rockstar, you're going to see a noticeable, like, next game you play, like, there might be that, uh, something's missing. Do you think, do you think that the impact is that substantial? Because yes. that's where I, really, okay, see, that's where I start to wane a little bit, because... I I look at Obsidian, right? And and everyone's like, Chris Avalon left. Their writing's fucked. And I thought the Outer Worlds was really well-written, right? And it didn't have Chris Avalon on it. And that's no disrespect to Chris um, or to say, like, the team is infinitely better than him. But I feel like, you know, that's one guy driving it, right? You're missing that driving force. Um, but will it be so substantial that you can really
2: feel it in the next game that that is what i'll be supremely curious to see the parallel there though at least to me is that i don't feel outer worlds yeah. while i liked it and was written well is near as expansive as as mm-hmm. uh, uh fallout new vegas, new vegas. Yeah. just, yeah, that's just true. writing i don't know how many lines there is but i, I it feels like fallout got... is bigger yeah and um so so i get and i totally understand that I I do that is a good actually comparison because I hadn't thought about yeah Chris Lee that is that is important but there's something about the way GTA ha- has characters that are usually pretty heartfelt um but also mm-hmm. fairly well written so like I know yeah. people hate uh Trevor the crazy dude they hate him mm-hmm. uh but really? you ha- I like him well here's the thing I think they hate him because he's written well as in as a as a psycho. He's written as oh, a complete okay. psycho and it's easy to hate, you know, you I'll hate a character in a game. What's her name in fucking Spider-Man that I wanted to kill? Mary Mary Jane or whatever. Oh yeah. But that's cuz I knew she was written well even though I I hated her. Um I just feel that he did it sounds like he had such an overarching touch with everything that I'm just wondering how much of these massive expansive worlds it's all going to be different and Mm -hmm. there's so many other characters in gta i mean look at how many lines of dialogue there is in gta 5 versus even you know fallout 3 i mean it's every mission thousands of things being said different missions and different things being said three different protagonists so that's what i worry about we'll see though yeah yeah, it's it's definitely not
1: everyone's suited to handle that, so we'll be interested if they even try to fill that role For they're just like, yeah. all right, the team remains the same. <clears throat> you just don't have the overhead, I guess. Right. That's, that's what I'll be curious to see. Or Chris Avalon works for him, and that's not a joke. <laughs> it's right? possible, right? Yeah. yeah. He's a freelancer. He can go anywhere he wants, really. Yep. All right. Let's talk about Rod Ferguson. He has also left his company, The Coalition, to go oversee... The Diablo franchise. I wonder if he's kicking himself a little bit after the recent reforged fiasco that we discussed last week. Let's read the article from IGN and get into the discussion. Rod Ferguson, Gears 5 director and head of Microsoft's The Coalition studio, announced that he is leaving the company to join Blizzard in March. Ferguson says he will be overseeing the Diablo franchise in his new role. Starting in March, I will join Blizzard to oversee the Diablo franchise, leaving is bittersweet as I love our Gears family, the fans, and everyone at the Coalition and Xbox. Thank you. It has been an honor and a privilege to work with all of you. So what about this one, my friend? You've played Gears 5, mm-hmm. and I heard it's pretty good. It is. I have yet to play it. And uh, Gears 4 I thought was great. Yeah. So um, what, what do you take from, from this loss here? For Microsoft
2: um, and 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 how much does Activision Blizzard gain they gain a ton because Mike Williams he's US gamer he was on our podcast earlier this morning and he explained to me that within the business and then I went and looked and he's right I didn't know this but within the business Ron Ferguson is considered one of the premier closers for titles so the reason why he's moved around a lot is because if a company is having issues he is insanely good at getting a title out insanely good and i guess within the industry he is known as like if you are having any kind of issues turmoil whatever this is the guy who will put the project absolutely back on track and get it moving forward so i think with gears dude there's not much to move forward with gears not to be rude but it is mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's gears it's, is gears gears is gears right so and Diablo, I had, I personally feel, has more issues than, than Gears because Diablo had the—they've uh, got their own issues at Blizzard, but also the auction house. People were burned on that. They were burned on just the way everything felt and put together. It sounds like it's like, hire him. He's going to be there to say what needs to be in the game to give a positive user experience. And admittedly, people a lot of people haven't been happy with some of the multiplayer stuff in the various Gears games, so it's not like he's perfect. But it seems like, at least from everything I heard, it's it's really a boon to Blizzard. Less so, of course, for Microsoft or 3, 4, or Coalition. Right. But, uh, but for sure, it sounds like Blizzard is going to come away um, with somebody who gets people sort of working all in one line, which it sounds like they're having issues with.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think Blizzard definitely, based off how you describe them, see, I wasn't aware of that, so that's really helpful you're, information. You're I. Yeah, so that definitely fits exactly what's going on with them i wonder does that speak to the status of diablo 4 um and i wonder how much impact he'll have because the game you know it it, this is gonna be an
2: obvious statement but it looks like diablo right like he's not there to make like a substantial change i think it's just the turmoil all over they've had issues Mm -hmm. now with classic remember they were trying to tell people people didn't want classic it sounds Uh like he's the guy who sort of understands how to put mostly what consumers want into a game okay Uh, by the way i sent you the those are his credits just so you get an idea um of the massive amount of titles he has done like it is legit crazy how many titles he has like ended up bringing to yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that up on my phone now because to to record our faces oh right 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 right. yeah so i I can i can read them quick too no i i I see him right here Oh, oh my oh my gosh wow yeah, so he's so, he's legit wow. brought a ton uh, including BioShock, which people forget he is the one that even what's his name credited um what's his name Ken Ken, I mean? Ken credited with getting BioShock back on track. Wow. So if you're somebody who Ken says gets him to work in a straight line, you have to assume he's probably pretty he's probably pretty confident and people seem to believe him. Like or or seem to realize that he's trustworthy in that. So we'll see. Yeah, wow, that's Half an insane Life, list.
1: <laughs> Counter Strike, uh, Microsoft Train Simulator, Gears of War, Unreal Tournament Three, Gears of War Two, Fat Princess, Shadow Complex, Lost Planet Two, Infinity Blade, Gears of War Three, Infinity Blade Two, Bullet Storm, Gears of War Judgment. That's kind of the blemish there. Yeah. Infinity Blade Three, BioShock Infinite, Gears of War Four, and Gears.
2: Five. really, really strong. The only thing that did come up in a discussion I had in my Discord was he hasn't done an ARG before. And I was like, you know, I don't know if, he, if that's really... He's not the guy saying what viewpoint. That's not rod's job he's, right. he doesn't have that he's not even into that part so i don't think the the lack of working on that particular game uh, part of a uh, style of game is gonna harm him plus gears has random drops anyway for shit so it's not like he's oh it does un- yeah it's got well you can get those random loot. drops yeah loot or whatever and you can get you get what? unlocks i guess is what i mean so it's oh, like oh okay he's got the general idea i guess is what i'm saying okay. both games okay. have unlocks that you get I thought you meant there was, like, a loot system. No, nah, sorry. I was like, I No, was like, people, geez, people aren't pinata and into fucking guns flying out of them. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. I was going to say, that, <laughs> that would
2: not fit anything <laughs> Gears to me, <laughs> no, and I'd be sorry. a little
1: concerned. Well, not concerned, actually. That would probably be good for Diablo, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, are you a big Diablo fan at all? Do you, do you like the series?
2: Number two, I loved, um, But it okay. got me onto other companies, not them, strangely enough. I liked mm. them and jumped to Sacred. Did you ever play Sacred? S A C R E D. I yes. really like those. Then I jumped into Fate Torch, I, I like Torchlight. Sacred.
1: Yeah, I liked Sacred. It's funny you mentioned that because Noah, former host, him and I played Sacred together, and he friggin' hated that game. Oh, he hated um, Sacred. Oh, yeah, I love hated, it. Man. Hated Sacred. I liked it. Um, you said Torchlight as well. Uh,
2: yeah, Torchlight uh, one and great. two. I I liked um, Fate prior to those. Travis Baltry, who does the Rogues, uh, the the flying game, I reviewed um the space flying game i reviewed a couple months ago uh it's like freelancer jesus rogue rogue galaxy he he made fate which is the precursor to torchlight basically and um all those games i got into because of diablo 2 uh because i wasn't in love i loved it but not like i didn't want to play it grind it i guess Mm -hmm. um and i enjoyed sacred and love that world and yeah jumped into the other ones so i would say i like the games van helsing's good you ever do that one Yes, I played that. one I enjoyed Van Halen's Xbox games. Yeah, with gold. yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, have you played Path of Exile? You know, I have only played maybe an hour, um, and I mm-hmm. liked what I played. But it, it's one of those games that's been in in place for so long. It feels like an MMO after it's been there for ten. years. It kind of is. It, you it's, know,
1: it's funny because. Um, and this is this will bring and for those who are listening now, I'm going to have a video dedicated to this because it reminds me of because uh, we're talking action RPGs that are like Diablo. Have you seen any gameplay for Magic Legends?
2: There was a gameplay video that I saw a bit of, but I don't even remember what it looked like to be honest. It so looks I like would Diablo, say no, so. it, okay. like a,
1: like a hashed up Diablo. Like it, it looks pretty low effort and oh. it's really really fucking interesting because. When I saw this, right, like, I was just I was just on Game Informer, right? I was just, like, checking out what was going on, uh-huh. um, just getting my head spinning for for video ideas and seeing if I missed any headlines. And I saw that they were covering Magic Legends. And I was like, you know, I like Magic the Gathering, so, like, let me see what this game looks like. And when I saw it, I was like, didn't they say this was an MMO? So I go back to the Game Awards. Jeff Keighley says, like, uh, MMO. Like, um, action MMORPG or something like that. Right. I go to their site. It just says that it's, like, an action RPG. I start looking it up. It turns out they marketed this thing as an MMORPG for fucking years and then revealed it on Game Informer, and it was, like, a Diablo clone. Like, it's a humongous fucking lie. It's a huge (laughs) lie of a game. And they even said on the original site, because someone used the Wayback Machine – it said that it was a a triple A, AAA stunning visuals, and like the game looks like a mobile game now. Like it's huh. it's insane, man. Like they they completely lied. It, it's it's actually crazy. And, and just speaking of Diablo, reminds me of it. And I kind of wanted to. Who makes that one? Um, Cryptic,
2: uh, published by Perfect World. I actually like their stuff usually, so I wonder. Um, oh, and they're yeah, usually they an MMO. Well, yeah, yeah the Torchlight, as well as Star Trek and uh, Neverwinter, and. Um, And uh, Secret World. That's interesting. I wonder Mm -hmm. what happened.
1: Yeah, it's really strange. Because it doesn't mean it can't be like an MMO in the terms of like Path of Exile, right? Like you go into an area, like a hub area, and there are like tons of other players using stores and stuff. Um, But when you depart, like you you go with a team of like three to four people. um, Or I think up to three people. And that may be what they're trying to do. But like the way they, the wording and stuff, it was a, whatever they initially described... Was completely different from what
2: they showcased. Wonder if last they had month. a drop in cash.
1: It had to have been substantial because they yeah. said they were making a AAA game, and it's. I'm telling you, dude, because you've seen it. So, like, does that look like AAA to you?
2: <laughs> well, first thing I'll say is I'm surprised Cryptic would ever say that because um, they have never. They're they're not a AAA company at all. Yeah, and, and so it's interesting that they would say that. But it sounds to me like possibly also. Maybe there was an issue with of funding or something like that, or somebody decided, "Hey, MMOs aren't aren't, aren't you know spinning the wheels right now, and we don't want to do a shame that." Shame, just that's because too like, bad. An MMORPG set in the Magic universe would be sick. You know, right. it's, it's, it's
1: yeah. so ripe for exploration, and they kind of just like are half-assed. What's this game now. called again? Magic Legends. Uh, and I don't mean to, like, spin us off course here because I know we're talking Diablo. But because it's a Diablo-style game, it just reminded me. And I wanted to see if you, if you uh, had heard about that at all. But it's, it's fucking crazy, man. Like, when I saw it, I was like, no one's talking about this. Like, this is a really big deal. Like, a company completely 180'd on the game they promised for years. And when they revealed it, it was not even remotely close. Like, they just revealed it at, uh, like, it was announced... In twenty seventeen and when they revealed it at the game awards, like it was an MMORPG. That's what they said, like an action MMORPG, like something like RuneScape or something. So
2: Eh, I would say eighty percent of it looks bad, but then at twenty-five seconds in, they start casting spells. That Mm -hmm. part fucking looked awesome. There's there is like flame go to well, you don't have to do it. My God, that's awesome. There's a he casts a (laughs) ice spell that becomes a wave of ice. Like a fucking tidal wave of ice that looks insane. I, don't, I feel
1: like after after but, playing Torchlight recently, I just played that like last month, or I'm sorry, in December, I played it with a buddy. And playing that, and and obviously I played Diablo. Like just looking at that, like that it looks well, it's and, an alpha. And Marvel Ultimate Alliance, it looks so such a step beneath it, that.
2: It is an alpha. That is yeah. one thing to remember. So that means post processing won't even be on in this version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I mean it's true. It's definitely something to wonder about um i'll look into it because i'm definitely interested in uh in cryptic as just a company they've always been like that that side success um yeah but yeah so quietly. some play the first parts look really really janky but then they go in and there's like grass blowing and the later the, the later part of this like it's only a 30 second trailer it's hard to know yeah we'll we'll have to cover it in the next podcast. After Mm -hmm. I look at it and find out, like, if there's any history of what happened. I'll have more research compiled.
1: It's interesting. Another thing I noted, I was watching a YouTuber talk about it, and uh, he was, like, a a magic YouTuber, like, full through and through, like, knew everything about magic. And he was, like, reading the website and, like, noting the locations that they said they were going to go, and they were, like, separating certain parts of uh, the world as if, like, you were going across the magic universe, but, like, two of them were in, like, the same area, um, just different names, like, stuff like that where you're just like, hmm you know it seems like they wanted to be big and ambitious but they really couldn't and so it, it it'll be interesting to see if
2: yeah i don't how, i don't know how they would i mean i'll have to go look at like the initial thing because it's cryptic the idea that cryptic was is trying to be like super unless they got money from magic which is possible uh that's the, why the, i think and yeah, maybe they, they maybe that m- money has been has been neutered because mm-hmm. they they're not a AAA a company they're that they're mm-hmm. not even they've never even aimed for that so it's that's just interesting cuz you
1: look at like you know when they said MMOs you're like I looked at their catalog and it's like oh they did Neverwinter you're like okay um let's look at that and it was like a standard action yeah it's just MMO an action RPG MMO. and you're like yeah this is kind of what you expect and and then they made an action RPG like Diablo it's it's
2: strange it's really I wonder if they just thought strange. that's you know cuz they probably they so with Neverwinter which still gets expansions right and Star Trek still really? get yes, Neverwinter just got one of the biggest D and D worlds ever as an expansion. They just that's awesome. It's and so what I'm wondering is, I wonder if deep down inside, when they started like thinking this was a good idea, somebody said, "Dude, do we want another MMO, like that mm. sort of competes good point. with and maybe and." Like that's the or, or the money went away. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's it's just, just such a strange pivot, man.
1: Yeah, that's very thing. strange. I don't want to I don't want to bitch up a storm for no reason. It's it's just such a weird pivot. All right, that's uh, that's all we got for the Diablo conversation. Now we're gonna look at Nvidia's GeForce Streaming program, which is just exited beta. So let's take a read here. This comes from a game informer. NVIDIA may be looking to compete with Google Stadia and Microsoft's Project xCloud. The company just announced that its video game streaming service, GeForce Now, is exiting beta and is free for all users with a few caveats. If you're not familiar with GeForce Now, this streaming service allows users to stream PC games to laptops, Macs, NVIDIA Shields, and other Android devices. Over 1,000 games are already on the surface, Oh my God, including Fortnite, Skyrim, Black Ops 4. Users can also migrate their pre-existing purchases over to NVIDIA's service. Meaning, if you bought a game through another online store, such as Steam, then that game is also on GeForce Now. You'll be able—or I'm sorry—and that game is also on GeForce Now. You'll be able to stream that game without an additional purchase. Users can stream with GeForce Now starting today for free. But free users will have to be able uh, will only be able to play for one hour before having to log off and start a new session. You can start as many sessions as you'd like but you have to log off and log back in after an hour. NVIDIA says this is necessary for providing the best service for paid users. Uh, speaking of, those who pony up $5 a month can use GeForce Now's premium service, which offers priority access to NVIDIA servers and allows for extended sessions of up to six hours. GeForce Now beta members uh, have also had their beta accounts automatically converted to this plan for free for the first few months. Similar to our experience with Google Stadia, NVIDIA's tech worked better than we expected during the beta. However, we experienced a few dropped games and some visual artifacting while streaming games, which isn't ideal. Still, we're interested to see how the service evolves now that it's free to all users. Carrick, is this this the death blow to Stadia that everyone's been looking for? (laughs) I mean, yeah, it could be. I, mean, I dude a thousand games i was just like yeah what? i used it a thousand good games but yeah,
2: yeah. i mean I've, I've used it um and i don't like uh, the one pr- big issue with them is the fucking the payment for the timed hours is r- ridiculous it's actually mm-hmm. that's the one thing that i think they completely fucked up on so with microsoft you'll be able to stream on xbox you'll be able to stream you know if you have their their subscription as many hours as you want And you're already paying that bill, then you're paying, like, your internet. Well, with NVIDIA, they're making you pay by, like, hour blocks. and that sounds strange. that, to me, is a fucking—that's a no-go. And the idea that you might be playing a game and might be into it, and your hour block goes up, and, like, what does that mean? Does it mean you're going to lose, you know, fucking—what do you call it in your game? Like, progress because you're not at a save point? I -hmm. find the block time thing— ridiculously scary because i don't know if you know this but in a lot of nations they won't have basically they won't have a federation overlooking their internet so what they do is they're allowed to sell tiers of internet at incredibly high prices um in different tiers so they can say here's your game internet and you can use it for game for 26 dollars an hour here's your phone internet for six dollars an hour and they have all these different pricing and it's and in fact, a lot of people were worried that's where America was going. Yes, uh, I remember and, that. And yeah. yeah, and so that is a little way the way GeForce is is like okay, so I'm buying the game. Plus, I need six hours on allotted. Like it's just too much. So I'm hoping that goes away. As as, mm. as for the quality, I've used it for a long time and been a beta user. It's it's streaming. It's not mm. magic. The one thing I do like is there's a hack. I don't know if it's available anymore because I haven't tried it. There's a hack to post your desktop to your device as well so i was able oh. yeah so the desktop would be here and you could see my mouse cursor by my finger on my tablet mm-hmm. so i could like move my tablet around and and see the mouse cursor so i could use i could actually use the front end as well which was that was that was sort of cool if i wanted to for whatever reason but <laughs> yeah i mean it works it works i i think everything's a death blow to stadia
1: yeah right yeah that would yeah I guess I was just being a little hyperbolic, but yeah, it it it's very clear that Stadia was exactly what was expected, and um, I don't think anyone's too surprised by that. I, I don't know why anyone adopted that service. I'm I'm being completely honest. That's no offense to anyone who did buy it, but I just I don't know what about it spoke to someone, especially because now, at least with this, you can try it, right? You can get a feel for it yeah. and see, like, okay, like. What is the streaming future that everyone's talking about? Like, you know, is this a gleam into that? And and get a feel for it. But, with like, Google Stadia, you guys spend, like, what, 100-plus bucks for the Founders Edition? Like, it's just,
2: it's, it's, I don't know. It's even weirder, Maddie, when you think about the oddity of buy. Like, let's say you play Origin, all those, were like, any game you buy on Steam works on Google. That would have changed, mm. or works on Stadia. That would have changed the entire dynamic. Um, yeah. Even if they left their pricing the way it was, it would have changed everything. But it's not, which is the Mm. most fucking weird. Like, this is saying you can play the game at home and you're playing it streaming if you want. They're like, not only can you not play it at home, but you got to stream it and you have to buy the game again. It's just, it's a a mind fuck in how they, how how, they're so poorly timed compared to everybody else.
1: And what's sad is that even if NVIDIA service needs to work out some kinks, it'll stand to benefit more because everyone's trying to, you know, just kick Google a little bit, right, and, like, kind of stick it to them. And I think people were more willing to say, like, oh, I'll spend $5, $10 for a block of five hours and see what Mm -hmm. this is like. So could I, for example, take Hollow Knight and stream it to my phone for six hours if I'm, like, a paid member? Is that how exactly it works? Because I I honestly didn't even know for a while – that GeForce, or I'm sorry, Nvidia was working on this. So is yeah. that how it works necessarily? That's exactly it how through it through works. The... Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I
2: kind of like it, that. And it, it, it runs That's through what an What X is supposed to do? Right, and it runs through an app um, that you download. So unfortunately, you know, you might have some Android phone that it doesn't work well with. You know, you always get that mm-hmm. not compatible. But overall, yeah, you download it to your iPhone or your um, or your Android device, and I have it on two of mine, I think. So. Okay. I don't use it. I mean, it, it's cool to like go, wow, but. I, Interesting. I mean, why would I. I'm trying to think of why I would use it, like, because only place I don't know. that
1: ever comes to mind, dude, is an airport. That's the only place that ever comes to mind where I'm going to be sitting in a public place with Jack Dick to do for multiple hours. And even then, I'd normally have my Switch or a Vita on me because I'm prepared to travel. I don't just end up there, right? I, I just. I, I guess maybe you know if you have like one of those controller attachments stashed in the car, you know, you're going to pick up your kid from practice. Practice is running a little late, you know. You can just attach your phone and start playing a game. Like, I guess, but I have just never. I don't know. The thing is, is, and this is not to say that anyone who tries to use the streaming service on the go like that, like has a, a, a like a a type of like addiction, if you will, to games. But like I can step away from games enough to to be like, all right, I don't need to play them right now. I'm going to go do what I got to do because uh, I'm a believer that, like, when you're away from things, you know, you miss them a little bit more. So it's nice to return to them. But, like, I don't need my games, like, that accessible constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just my stance on it. You know, not that streaming's not the future or that I don't need streaming. It's just that I don't see myself using these streaming services because where I feel they're feasible, I'm just, like, I'll just chill in the car on my phone or something like that. Like, I'll, I'll catch up with friends or I'll, I'll give – my girlfriend a call. Like I'll do something else. I don't need to play a game. That's how I view it, at least.
2: Yeah, I I just don't find them in, insanely useful. There, but they are. If they were super easy, then there would be a, a an addition. They would there would be a provider of additional coolness, but not mm-hmm. something that I would hinge my gameplay around ever. Yeah,
1: I guess it could be convenient for us when we're reviewing games. You know, you got to do something. Take take right into a vet, maybe you know he's in the, he's in the room, and I'm just continuing my review on the go. I guess maybe that could help. I'm just I'm trying to like I'm trying to be optimistic here. I'm trying to you know think it out. Where well, could I use this? I, I
2: think for slower games and stuff where your you know touch control might not be an issue because that's another issue I have is how uh. how things are controlled. Um, I I think that there there's a chance that something might be useful, but I I think for most people they're not. Control schemes aren't built yet. Dude, we can't even get a control scheme that's set up right for a gamepad and a steering wheel for racing games. There's usually (laughs) one or the other. We can't get shit right for a joystick. Ace Combat released on the PC and only worked on two fucking joysticks, and it's the PC. It's the primary platform for everything that's supposed to work. So we can't even get that right. So currently when i try to play on my handheld device i have all these other issues if you have devs who are like we are solidly putting time behind making sure your touch device and your xbox 360 controller or your mouse and keyboard are all valid control schemes that changes it but i -hmm. personally believe touch is not a valid control scheme that's my personal i don't think it's valid at all it doesn't feel i
1: don't know touching a flat surface doesn't admit control to me either
2: your finger is in the fucking way. Imagine trying to watch a movie where every time you looked at mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, you put your fucking finger over his head. You'd be yeah. like, you can't see the guy. Like, it it makes no fucking sense. It and reminds
1: me of uh, of KOTOR when I'm playing on, like, an iPad or something. Like, the the analog stick I put in quotes is there, right? Like, they have it. The a, fake ones? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and on the the idea is, yeah, and the idea is what you would do is take, like, a sticky thing... Uh, I have like one of those. Cup ...and just, yeah. like, yeah, put it on, and, and then you can control them just fine... Um, at that point, I'm like, just get a controller. But yeah, it's like right. you, you start to like just slide up, 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 and then suddenly you're covering half your character's body. It's just, I don't know, it feels weird. I don't, I don't like touch when it comes to to games. There's times where like touch functionality, like on 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 the Vita, for example, is really cool. I don't know. Have you ever played Tearaway on the Vita? Okay, no. so oh, sorry.
2: It, I, I was just nodding, no, but no, yeah. <laughs> I forgot audio. No, you're
1: okay. Um, yeah, so there's uh, this one part in the game, and it happens multiple times where like, uh, I think you're like fighting off enemies, and there's a back touch pad on the Vita, and you can like, when you press on it, it in game like your finger comes up into the world, and you start like moving it around the touch pad, and uh, you start like wiping out enemies and stuff. It, that type of interaction with like a touch. System is is actually pretty neat. I, I kind of like that. But you know that's what not I as like? As far as
2: it goes, <laughs> this is the only reason I like touch on the Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. is the fucking entering my passcodes I get from game devs. Oh yeah, That yeah, don't makes dunk. it a little easier. I I'm just like dunk 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 instead of. Da, 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 with the fucking thumb pads on an Xbox or whatever. <laughs> it sounds so dumb, but the first time I did it on the Switch, I was like, oh, dear God, this is so much better. Yeah. But that's yeah. the only time I ever even use it. All
1: right. With that out of the way, let's move into our patron questions for the week. As always, we tell you guys you can go to the Discord. There's a section called podcast questions. Submit them there. We have, I think, like 13, 14 today. We got a lot of submissions to go through. So let's get this started with the tool. Uh, With the new consoles coming out, what do you think Nintendo's next move will be? I know they like to release things independently from Sony and Microsoft, but they obviously need to upgrade hardware somewhat soon after the other two to keep up. Does Nintendo need to keep up is the real
2: question, I feel. People gave him shit, but Spencer yesterday said that he didn't really see Sony and Nintendo as direct competitors as much as they used to, and I would say that he's actually right. They're all competitors yeah. in weird spots. So Microsoft, for streaming, is like competing against Google and somewhat Sony and Amazon. And then consoles, it's Microsoft and Sony. And then handheld, it's just Nintendo. So I don't... Dude, Nintendo, There, no one's making handhelds. And no one's making handhelds that good. So, no, I don't... Man. I mean, I want a pro, by the way. <laughs> Let's not... <laughs> let's not confuse that but yeah i don't i i I don't know i don't i don't think their thinking is like any of our thinking
1: yeah and i've been kind of emphasizing that more and more lately i was in on like you said the the pro hype i was like yeah you know i could definitely go with Mm -hmm. one of those i wouldn't mind that at all i just don't think it's feasible i don't think it's necessary for them i think you know they still have a lot of room to grow with the initial switch i feel if they were immediately going like all right let's move on to the next big thing uh, a lot of people were like well wait i didn't even buy one in the first place and i mean there's such an excellent attachment rate to the switches that's yeah it's
2: ridiculous insane
1: uh so yeah nintendo's not just selling people a console but at least like three games yeah on average which is just nuts um and you know these games you know nintendo games don't go down in price so you know they're more than likely getting 60 dollars there um and for gamers like us the ports are magical so yeah. there's there's a lot to really love about the switch now um, and there's no need to rush it. You know, I've been working on a little something. and I've been studying the PS Vita, and I feel like some hasty decisions are what cost that console. I think Sony didn't see the immediate success and was very quick to uh, abandon Kill it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And in this case, we, we are seeing pretty insane growth, and there's no need to immediately abandon that and move on. I think just keep riding the wave. You know, yep. Keep making great games. I, I think when the time comes, when Nintendo says, let's do a Switch Pro, um, there will be a big enough market ready for that. But as it stands now, and also, you know what? People got to remember, before this was the Wii U, Nintendo's probably enjoying the fact that they have a console that's like, you know, relevant. Yeah. And they don't got to worry about that. Um, and if, if I'm them, I don't want to worry about that for a long while. So I imagine they're just going to stick with the Switch as is. All right. Next question comes from Base Cabbage. We do have some new names this week, so thank you all for joining up on the Patreon. We do appreciate you. Uh, with the release of Fallout 76 Wastelanders coming in April and Starfield potentially releasing near the launch of next-gen consoles, do you believe that it is possible that only a year from now we will have forgotten BGS's last two years of bedshitting? I love what they have done as a whole and really want them back on top. I refuse to believe they are EA, Blizzard, Activision,
2: or Bioware, but I can't hold out hope. Much longer. Wow! Blizzard was added to that. I got to admit, <laughs> yes, Blizzard's made some mistakes, but that just goes to show you how long people will remember things. I think people remember it, but will anybody who matters remember it? Will people who are will people remember it enough to buy not buy their you know like their next game or whatever? A Blizzard no. and Activision sell games no matter what. So <laughs> yeah, and I think Bethesda will too. I, I
1: don't all but. I mean, they've oh, but been that's, torn. The, but that's the struggle to sell a lot of their games, though. That's the thing with them. And it's not because of backlash. Like, this is when they were fine. Like, when Yeah, they but did... come on.
2: If they did Skyrim 2, dude. Oh. Well, Skyrim 2. Can't you know what consider, I mean? Well, I mean. Consider, it's the forbidden words. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, it depa- I guess I, I'm saying if they sell into their strength. If they're trying to do something yeah. odd, yeah. Yeah, I could see that.
1: But the thing is is 76 was like a supreme example of they banked so hard on Hubris. that strength. Yeah, like yeah. that. Bethesda Game Studios put the label on there even though it was like a ton of other companies working on it um, and it, it backfired on them and I think it really damaged the rep of BGS. I, I think as it stands now Arcane and BGS are their best developers. Uh, it's no disrespect to anyone else who uh, works for Bethesda. I just think those two have put out the most quality products as a whole. Um, I don't you're asking if it's possible that we'll have forgotten Bethesda's uh, bed shitting in the last two years, and, and no one will forget. Yeah. yeah, no one will forget. I hate to say that, but uh, no one shall forget. Um, and if you don't want to believe they're an EA, a Blizzard, an Activision, a Bioware, like no one's telling you that, but they, you you gotta accept that they're not what they used to be. Yeah, and that's important to accept, I think, because then it starts the battle of like telling them how to improve. And what because, are because they now? The, yeah, exactly, because, like, Bethesda wants you to, any company, by the way, in their situation, wants you to feel bad for them, love them, buy their games as, like, a, you know, as if it's, like, a trust thing, right? Yeah. And it's, like, you know, it's a product. It's a game. You know, There's no it, trust. Treat it as that. Yep. Yeah. They just want, they want, and, and, and this is not me just labeling Bethesda. These companies, they're businesses. They want your money. They want you to buy the game. So yeah, your job is to get as foolish. much as
2: you can for your money, and their job is to get as much money as they can. That's mm-hmm. that's how business works. Exactly.
1: All right. Droop Snoot has a number of questions for <laughs> us. Let's start off with number one. Yeah, right? <laughs> These <are> amazing,
0: man.
1: <laughs> What's a type of game that you're really hungry for right now that we haven't seen a good version of in a while?
2: A Mass uh, Effect style I... game. Greed is yeah, the only one that's hit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like a, a hub-based RPG that has like a really strong...
2: Main Western design. style party mm-hmm. hub-based. Yeah.
1: RPG. Yeah, it's been it's been a really long while since outside of yeah, Greedfall. And Greedfall was great, but you know, it's just like there's not it, it didn't satiate my thirst,
2: I guess. Right. Um, you know,
1: I guess I could I guess tag Outer on Worlds
2: I, did pretty well. Now that I think yeah,
1: that. yeah, the Outer Worlds. See, the thing is, the Outer Worlds. It felt more like a solo experience. I didn't think yeah. the, the party members were great in the Outer Worlds, but, like, the companions traveling with you, something just didn't – it didn't feel like, a I guess, a KOTOR or a Mass Effect in that way. And I just think it's because, like, first-person combat doesn't translate that almost teamwork. Do you like think it could have also effect.
2: been that it just wasn't that long of a game, too? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. you know, you didn't it's have it's as much time to really mm-hmm. –
1: I guess I could go back to what I was talking about last week where I was saying, you know, stealth games are sort of suffering, and it's been a while since we've seen a a really, you know, kind of dishonored, like, stealth game where it's it's just really strong, like, narratively it's good, but, like, gameplay freedom, replayability... I just, I adore Dishonored. I really think that's like a, uh, you know, outside of the original Thief, I've never played that, so I can't speak to that. And, and some of the Splinter Cell games I haven't played, but I just think that Dishonored's like the peak stealth gameplay because of how many ways you can approach the hub area, uh, you know, and, and make choices that kind of change the outcome of the story, too. I mean, it's, it's just crazy how much that game packs into it. I, I love Dishonored. So I wouldn't mind for. Uh, a Dishonored or a Prey an Arcane style experience because um, it's, it's been a while since they've because last game that they really helped on that released was yeah, it was Wolfenstein Youngblood and that wasn't very good so before that it was Prey and that was like what, 2017 I think? Yeah, so it's, yeah it's been it's a been, long it's time It's been a while, yeah all right, next question from Droop Snoot is, have either of you reviewed or gave impressions on a game that you would go back to, uh, that if you were to go back to it, you would change what score you gave it at? Minus full-out four for you, Matty. <laughs> you took away the easy answer. Do you have one, Carrick? Are you pretty, like, set in stone with anything you've Yeah, uh, I'm pretty set in stone. As
2: long as he's not saying, like, that it's changed from patches. It sounds like he's saying you think you made a mistake on yeah, and and I would I would be in the same boat as
1: you if it's that one of like you know Fallout Four, like you said, that would probably be the one I was like, Yeah, I didn't really get that
2: one right first try. But I, after that, I feel like. But are you I'm sure pretty... you would have set? You would have changed your entire score? or Do you just think you wouldn't have been high on it? I I
1: I would have been. I still think Fallout Four is worth buying, right? Exactly. Like, that's how I view it, right? Exactly. So I don't think
2: that would have changed. That
1: ultimate rating would have changed my tone and like right. Quote selling of the game, if mm-hmm. you will, you know, like saying how good it was, definitely would have been toned down because yep. I think I think that's important. I think that's a big part of the review because there's like, yeah, buy this game, like that's how I kind of was with Assassin's Creed, and then there's like, I guess Astral Chamber. I'm like, buy this game, right? right. You know, it's, right. there's a, a tone in that. So um, yeah, after after Fallout 4, I really can't say I feel like I I had ones I got wrong. Um, and, and as people have seen on my channel, Carrick, you don't do this. I think you should do this. It would be really cool to see you do it. Um, I do, like, modern reviews of older games. So I, I did, like, a 2017 review of Bioshock 1. I did a 2019 review of Divinity 2. I did a 2020 review of KOTOR. Um, and they're really just fun excuses to go back to games and critique them in a, in a modern fashion and also to see how they hold up. Um, and so, yeah, you can you can kind of see that line of thinking from me in in that content so i'm not afraid to like go back to an old game and make an updated review but um yeah when it comes to like mmos and stuff like i did pretty continuous content for a while on ESO. i did it for swotor for a little bit um so yeah i I guess if it's being updated i pretty i'd stay pretty on top of it you can say the same with 76 right like i've given my updated thoughts on that game a million times
2: Number three, if
1: you were to work for any game developer, who would you want to work for? And what would you want your job to be? Um, hmm. I know I'd want to be in like community management. I feel like that's my strength. Um and what would be a fun community to work with? Like a Dragon Ball, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you know, you gotta have passion and love indefinitely for whatever community you're working with. So I'd, I'd say something like I guess that would be Namco then. But I don't know how how free and, and willing they are to roll with the Maddie.
2: What about you? Do you know that is something I've never once contemplated? Yeah. I I, I can believe that. I don't... Um, it would be an idea man kind of thing. Like it, So it would be like a GTA... You know, wor- working in a GTA and coming up with the ideas of different missions and all the crazy shit you can do. But there's no right. real... There's no real company I would want to work for in the industry. There it, I mean I wouldn't want to I agree. I once you start
1: working for yourself, not to cut you off just, I feel like once you start working for yourself,
2: like that's that's what you want. Like you want to stay there. Yeah. Yeah, and even if it was like if somebody said you get to recreate, you get to create a new Mass Effect in whatever way you want it or something, it would it wouldn't mm-hmm. even be the making of the game, it'd be like You know the world and the lore and jumping in but i honestly i think i'm more interested in reacting and investigating those things once somebody else has made them versus myself i i would love to write like those kind of things but that's i think writing a book is a book it's right in front of you when you make a game there's a thousand people how do you know your idea would be you know even accepted so yeah not really not really into working for the industry I would
1: say writing, too. I just I, – I sell myself short on some of my creativity. But I, I, I think of it like in such a short-term thing. Like I've never sat down to write a story and just like characters and, and let it marinate. I usually like to write little short stories. I feel like if I were ever write for a game, it would be like side quests or it sure. would be – it'd be lore bits like that type of shit, like little papers that you find and, you know, building, building out the world in a natural way. I, I feel like that's where I'd specialize. Cause that's where my writing's more tailored to, but also I've never like, I, I've, I've tried world building and characters in D and D and I don't think I was bad at it. I, um, I mean, you see some of the work out there and it's just like some people's words just jump off the paper and you're like, God, you are yeah. so talented. <laughs> uh, last question from Droopsnoot Snoot, number four. If you could have an animal companion in a video game, what animal would you want it to be? I would have either a cow or an anteater. A dog, of course. Dog's man's best friend.
2: Man's best friend. Only way you can go. Yeah, probably a dog. There's a yeah. there's an old whiskey commercial that was a Conan the Barbarian-looking chick, as in mm-hmm. the, the statuesque Amazon-style chick. Um, and she rode a, of all things, warrior-like polar bear. And I remember seeing this full-page art. It was in a Playboy, but it was a whiskey commercial. And I remember right. just being blown away by the art. Like it looked like I, I mean, it looked like a a fucking fantasy killer, writable polar bear. And I remember hmm. for years when I was playing D anD D, I always wanted, like, like I would always be like, man, there's got to be a polar bear in my game. You know, I just I love that yeah. idea. Something crazy like that. But overall, a dog just easier. Yeah, I agree
1: natural calamity looking back is there any games from your childhood you wish you did better in or you wish did better in sales or either in the impact they had on the industry excluding kotor and
2: ninja turtles well kotor did have an impact so did ninja turtles advent rising
1: Mm, interesting pick
2: i'll I'll Mm -hmm. probably always think that i don't think there'll be another game that i feel differently
1: Honestly, my, my pick probably would have been the original Nier, but now that we have Automata, that's... You cut out the original kinda, what? I, I said I, I had the I would have had the original Nier, but now that we have Automata, it's, it's kind of oh. irrelevant. Because um, that was like a cult classic. Uh, a lot of game series that I like that are kind of niche or didn't get a lot of attention ended up getting that. So, like, Danganronpa is another one. Right. Um... I don't think I have a good answer for this one I'm going to be honest normally I, I have something that comes to mind but I, I feel like um, you know it's the major franchises for me that I usually struggle with you know like Fallout 3 needs to get remastered nothing's happening there um, KOTOR we've, we've heard murmurs but nothing happening there alright Vault101guy asks us what are our predictions on the PS5 price tag how much, how much do you think we're paying how much are we taking out of wallet for this one
2: uh i think we've seen the writing on the wall when they're super expensive so i'd say 4.99 you don't think they're going to be
1: more because the little
2: china thing going on um Uh, well they could be and they could be delayed or maybe not delayed but like um slowly rolled out for sure because of that yeah for sure but I, i don't know if they'll change their price um i think microsoft and sony will figure out a way you know if there's an issue with the china thing and the the coronavirus and tariffs and most likely, yeah. they'll still try to figure out a way to get them at a normal price, even if it means yeah. losing money.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting start to the generation because of all of that. Because it's it's just such like an unpredictable circumstance, yeah. sort of thrown into it, like just a random monkey wrench. So yeah, I, I would say personally, yeah, if the five hundred dollar price tag, anyone is expecting four hundred or four fifty, I, I think you're
2: yeah uh, that's, pretty
1: below. The yeah. only thing you may see and i know you're asking ps5 but uh xbox may eat the cost a little bit more i think because they're taking more service and play the game yeah, yeah they may yeah and they also have the situation where you can like pay for an xbox like what 20 bucks a month until right. it's fully paid off or something yeah um so you you don't you can make that impulse buy and i think like if you can lower that as much as possible um microsoft probably finds that a very appealing option to be like hey we could get someone paying us $500 on the spot or 30 bucks a month for the next number of months and, and you could count that with like maybe they get Game Pass with that and yeah. there's just a lot there there's just a lot there that they can just be raking in revenue so I think it's more likely you see those types of options with Xbox side of things yeah I agree um, Molotov Michelle says what is your favorite video game style examples are cel-shaded pixel art oh man
2: I don't, hmm. Cell shaded would probably be mine i, I like really some, yeah i think it ages well it definitely does yeah mm. i just your favorite yeah. huh that's interesting i, I like
1: 8-bit rpgs oh, gotcha. yeah i always I, I just something about it because um it's not 8-bit but when you look at something like octopath it's yeah. amazing like how beautiful octopath traveler looks on Unreal Engine, despite having, like... Uh, Those style. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's it's crazy. And I, I think it's it's so exciting to see how... I guess kind of like what you said with Cell shade it aged well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it works out pretty well there. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, Vault 101 guy also asked us, not sure if you guys have talked about this, but if you were Disney and was deciding on who should take the Marvel-slash-Star Wars license, who would you choose? It could be up to two companies.
2: Hmm. Obsidian probably. My, Microsoft Obsidian. I actually think those two companies, strangely enough, are probably in a far better position to deliver something than, you know, than most. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'd be, hmm. Yeah, I would I'm trying to think of companies, and then they're. I've always wondered what Bethesda would do with their family of developers with the oh. Star Wars license. I really do. You know, I, once again, I think of BGS in an open world game. I think of arcane doing a star wars stealth game or something like that just wow like a machine games first person shooter like a, a republic commando sequel just that. yeah i really i know bethesda kind of sucks now but i really would be curious on how they would handle the star wars license i i would not be angry if that ended up happening um obviously i think Carrick's answer is the best though in terms of like reliability the ability to deliver that type of stuff you'll probably find in other companies. But in the terms of what talent's there and what ideas are, are, are being shifted around, I wouldn't mind Bethesda. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll take the fall for it. Crazy Herb asks, have you ever given up on a game because of a boss being too difficult or annoying?
2: Yeah, Beyond Good and Evil 1, the fifth boss, he has a cage for a head. And mm-hmm. we've talked about it, um, not on this podcast, but I mean my friends and I always talk about it as a game that I adore but ended up having to come to later, and a friend beat it um, while we were we were all sitting together and playing, but I couldn't. We went to sleep that night. It was that typical, like, we just can't do this. And um, I, I definitely walked away from that. I don't walk away from most games because of a boss. I walk away from the stuff between the bosses. You know, yeah. if the game world is uninteresting, a boss I can usually work around. Yeah. Hmm. Is there a game that had, like, a really
1: Tough boss.
2: Well, oh, I guess Neo say... had a couple really tough bosses, at, at least yeah. for a lot. Of, at least for me, and I know a lot of people. I stuck with Neo though. I got the platinum for that. Yeah, I'd say I'd say, mean, I'd say before
1: you know before this week, probably Sekiro. Not because like the boss was so hard or annoying. It was more so I got to a mini boss. And I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to figure you out. And I didn't. And I just dropped it. Because, like, then and there, it was like, this is the time where the game challenges you. And you try to learn the systems. And you want to get better. And I was like, I don't want to get better. Yeah, where you don't care about the challenge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and so I'd say Sekiro before this week. Obviously, not a modern answer because I'm playing it now. But I would say that's the most fair. Uh, Johnny EC says, if you ran a vault... In the, in the Fallout universe, what would your number be, and why? Mine would be four hundred four because of the error code. Hmm. I feel like a number can't often symbolize, you know, how fucked up something is. Thirteen, okay. just for bad luck. I think that's the first Vault in, in, in uh, Fallout One too.
2: Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. That that is the one.
1: My memory is a little hazy on it because it's been a while since I've played that game, like three, or four years. Hmm. I'd go with twelve. It's my favorite number. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it too much. You know, there's. It's about what's on the inside of the vault, right? Like, what fucked up experiment could you do inside the vault? And I would make everyone play Ride to Hell Retribution three times over, and then write a an essay on it before they could escape. Yes, that's fair. A full essay, yeah. And then they can leave because then they can contribute to society by you know having their their uh, ability to tolerate awful things truly tested. Yeah, that's
2: truly tested to the (laughs) utmost.
1: (laughs) Benjam asks us. What is something you want to see happen in your lifetime? For me, it's uh, either aliens or other intelligent life is real. Not to get controversial, but what happens after we die, and if there is an
2: afterlife? Aliens. It's really deep. Yeah, aliens would be sick. Yeah, I'd be sick. It'd be that'd be by far my because I think um, it would probably show humanity and the, the whatever future light we're gonna have. Like, mm. what would that? that or... What would that initially mm. cause? What we saying for this? For the sake of conversation, and probably
1: more on point for me is I'd like to see life like on another planet, like people taking a transport to, we'll say Mars. Oh, for sure, and, and actually living there. I really think that's something I'd love to see in our lifetime. I think that'd be so interesting because it's like where do you go from there? Yeah, right. You can do anything if you can do that. Yeah, it's 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 going to turn into Mass Effect, and and hopefully they turn like people into like. Uh, cybernetics and stuff because I want to be alive for it. Yep. <laughs> turn, turn, turn my brain into a robot and just keep me going. I just want to see it all. <clears throat> Some guy says, first of all, thanks for all the Star Wars game suggestions last week. I picked up Republic Commando and love it. Great. Well, we're happy that you uh, took our suggestion on that. Since Carrick was talking about Rebel Strike on the GameCube, what GameCube games do you guys love? Oh, we Laylee and I just did a whole episode of BFGF AFK uh, dedicated to this. Uh, and since you're a patron and you're on the Discord, you have access to it. So give that a listen uh, for my answers. Um, for me, though, I'd, I'd just quickly list off stuff like Star Fox Assault, Smash Melee, Soul Calibur 2, Naruto Clash of Ninja. Those are great games. What about you? You got any favorite GameCube games?
2: No, I, I, would, see I would say GameCube watch yours controller. because I, the only one I even know of, that I the only one I've even played is uh, Star Wars. I hated the GameCube. You hated the game. I hated it with a passion that is almost impossible to fathom. <laughs> I want to hear why. <laughs> uh, controller, same reason why I hated the N64.
1: That's so funny. Yeah. Do you hear what I said just now? I was like, I can't see you holding a GameCube controller. Like, there's just, I don't know what it is. I can't imagine it. Yeah. So I, you, you just didn't like how it felt?
2: I fucking, I just, I it, it just despised how it felt. I it mm-hmm. fucking. I get that. Yeah. It was one of those things, like you said, where like, or, or, or like many people said, like you, you hold something in your hand, like a controller and you're like, this works for me. And I remember looking mm-hmm. at it and just being like, that's not for me. And then I grabbed the controller and I was like, double, double not for me. And I forced like my way horseshoe. through Star Wars.
1: Yeah. That's so funny. That's so funny. Terrible controller. Tropical ice crow or ice cow. I always fuck up your name. I'm sorry. What are some of the best, worst, and favorite games uh, ways games have been announced? I personally like BGS's way with a little teaser before a reveal and a release date like Fallout 4 as my favorite. And really dislike the tiny leaks that go on and on like Warner Brothers is doing with its new Batman game. I think we can agree on the worst.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We can agree on the worst. Yeah. The worst is very obvious. Just the drawn out like,
1: okay, it exists. We get it. Yeah.
2: And the best is anything not that. Really, yeah. to me. I don't mind the other stuff, but I, I don't like the drip feed shit. I'm done. Done mm-hmm. with that. I get that. I
1: think my least favorite is also uh, cinematic trailers. I think they're the oh, most sure. irrelevant yeah. thing ever. I get it that maybe it sells to a different crowd and it makes it easier to market your game. But my God, as someone who consumes a lot of games, I am so fucking over it. It's not even funny. Yeah. All right. Last set of questions comes from Grade Eight Fifty One. I just finished rewatching The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings extended cut versions of the movies. Also looked through some of the RPG books from Cubicle 7, Lord of the Rings, tabletop RPG. Makes you want a new AAA game with modern graphics and game design sensibilities. In the world, that isn't Orc Killing Simulator uh, in a gray and brown Mordor. What games would you guys like to see next in Lord Lord of the Rings? None.
2: None? What? I don't like Lord of the Rings. I I, I, didn't, I didn't like the books. I like the movies. Uh, the first three, the first, you know, the, the yeah, main series. It's um, yeah. yeah, I find the world really, really boring. And the, I, I I think the world isn't as deep as people think it is. Right, right. And I I get why people like it, and it's what created fantasy for the rest of us. So I in no way, shape, or form am I you know bothered by it, but it's sort of like a gun where the first guy who created a gun, it was just a fucking pipe that exploded in the enemy's general direction. That's sort of mm-hmm. the way Lord of the Rings is to me, is it's really late not lazy, but cluttered, and like um, some of the stuff is just a little too arcane, and as we've gone in and these had these future worlds built by other people, I've liked their worlds better. So, I'm okay Makes with sense. never seeing it. I think it's great, though. So, if there is one, I, I might go see the movie. I just am not Waiting hmm. with bated breath for a new one. I would
1: love to see a new Lord of the Rings game. If I were to see one, um, I have yet to tinker with it, but I'm I'm gonna play Lord Lord of the Rings Tactics on my PSP because um, it came in this like giant game haul I got that I, I unboxed. On yeah, my I saw that. I
2: watched the I watched the Patreon. That yeah, was cool.
1: it's it's it was so crazy. Yeah, like I just the guy had like a tremendously good deal when I saw it, and I was like I, I can't pass this off. There's just too many of like my, my classics there, but one of them was Lord of the Rings Tactics. And, um, it's like a, it's like a strategy game based in Lord of the Rings. And, uh, I know Lord of, Lord of the Rings is actually the product of like a lot of great games. Like I think there was the Battle for Middle-Earth, which was like an RTS. Um, there was of course Lord of the Rings Conquest. I would love to see come back. Uh, that was a fantastic game. Um, what else was there? There was, um... It was like a three-player co-op
2: game. That was the only one I was going to say that I actually liked was the three-player. Yeah. Where you played fake Gandalf, fake Aragorn, and yeah. Fake, yeah. fake Gimli. Or yeah. not Gandalf, uh, the elf. Lighters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually... But I like those games. They're gauntlet. Like I, Yeah, that there's just play. something kind of janky about them. Yeah,
1: I, I like them too. And so that game I liked. Yeah, they had Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor. Those were great games. Yeah. Um, I don't think an open world Lord of the Rings game is is that great. Like, even, even when I was, like, in that open world craze when Mordor dropped, I was very much, like, along the lines of thinking just, it doesn't feel necessary. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, yeah, maybe a strategy game. That'd be neat. A strategy RPG. Something like Fire Emblem. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool.
2: Mm. Hey, Ming, Numbers- shut up.
1: I apologize. <laughs> Number two, no, you're good. Number two from grade 851 is with the license IP exclusivity exclusivity deals like EA has with Star Wars. Seems like the uh, only the mass appeal, most mass appeal games ever. Sorry, this once again, it's the last questions that just seem to have the worst grammar. And we've talked about this. Great Ape has heard us dive into good sport, Mike Fury, on how grammar and revision of your how questions you. is. Of the utmost importance. Because what happens is, I don't care if I look stupid. I've said stupid shit before. But I stumble. I stutter. And then the listener gets confused. Do you want to be that guy? You don't. (laughs) You don't want to be that guy. It's all on you, punk! Yes. So revise your message so I can read it. Now I will try again. With licensed IP exclusivity deals like EA has Star Wars, seems like only the most mass appeal games ever get made. Warhammer has different types of licensed deals, and seems to have different and diverse types of games coming out. Can you guys talk about what the arrangement Warhammer exactly has with licensing and why other IP holders don't go down that route? Now, this is more, I think, up your alley. We can yeah. talk about IP. I can talk about IP, but you've played a lot of Warhammer games.
2: Yeah, and I follow so... Games Workshop because they're a D&D first, and okay. then games later. So Games Workshop, for the longest time, was incredibly, incredibly open to anybody making games. They made like Gene Stealer and a couple others, and they mm-hmm. went to shit. They went to absolute donkey shit. And then they oh. pulled back the license completely. And they were like, nobody's making games but one or two companies. And then, in the last five years, about well, last about eight years, they've actually opened it back up. So this is the second time it's technically been open for others to really go wild and what they do is uh the companies come to them um and basically state which of the ips they want to use and then they have specific requirements and they look at the catalog like we don't want five rts games we don't gotcha. want five mmos and then they basically hand them out um handout authorization for the ip once they've met with the team and they've decided this is something that like we're at least interested in seeing um and that's pretty much it but i would say that most other companies don't have it because warhammer 40,000 is like 40 years worth of i mean the game world's bigger than star wars like it's it, people don't realize what warhammer 40,000 is it's like six product lines m- video games cartoons um fucking audiobooks like it is easily as big as star wars when it comes to how uh much data out there is available for people to turn into a game and i think
1: it's one of those series that you may have like interacted with and not known it like without even knowing let's play let's play vermintide and and not know that's like a warhammer
2: game it's absolutely correct yep it can happen all the time
1: when i bought it or like obviously i knew upon purchasing it because it was in the title but when i was watching gameplay for it and then ended up looking it up and and then buying it that's when i found out it was warhammer i was like wow you know i would have had no idea and it kind of gets you invested, right? And that's kind of what I think they're doing—is just trying to hit all angles so that you get, pardon me, involved in that uh, that Warhammer universe,
2: right? I, I've seen like
1: some really bad Warhammer games, though. Very right? much like, so. Space Marine—not a good one, or something like that.
2: There's there's been a couple and they I mean they, they try to minimize them but they're still going to happen but I think they mm-hmm. now that the IP matters less so in the old days they would sue somebody like a store if a store sold the game <laughs> no lie if a stole if a, if a store sold the game for like a dollar cheaper than they were supposed to Games Workshop had people going in and pretending to buy games just to see it, what a store owner would do if they did this is why you listen to the end of the show folks yeah you just don't hear this stuff during the news <laughs> At trump's hobbies in in uh, corvallis where i used to live the the guy told me there was one time where they came in and they were so mad because they had sold them booster packs and they weren't all together like they were one away from and then there was a booster pack for a different company in between and they were livid they were like we're gonna pull everything from your store you're gonna have no games workshop for a year and that instead they paid an extra percentage on every item that they bought for a year it, it's they were the mafia they're the nintendo of like board games because remember nintendo did that to <laughs> toys r us <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's pretty crazy oh my god man
1: that's so yeah wild.
2: they're legit a cartel if, if i mean anybody in the rpg sphere who's old will like remember the crazy days of those guys fucking hammering the shit out of people they would if your guy looked like a star wars or a a fucking dude from their world they would just they'd crack down on the rpg company and they'd be like we're suing you to oblivion and it was it was just crazy man it was crazy yeah very insane company fascinating
1: and that with that fascinating story that's the the last of the patron questions Uh, We thank you for all your submissions. As this episode wraps up, just know that if this episode is jump-cutty, it's because I've been feeling hella sick the whole episode. Kerr can attest to the fact that I have been sprinting back and forth for a number of times this episode. So if it ever gets skippy, because I know you can hear it in the editing – that is why I I couldn't say it in advance because I didn't see it coming, <laughs> but I've been getting destroyed this episode. So. Yeah,
2: we'll get everything. We'll 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 make sure to get everything fixed in the next episode. Mm-hmm. We'll try to get the mm-hmm. audio a little bit better, and we'll we'll do a couple yeah. things. But yeah, yeah, that that shit happens though. There's been times where I've given you like 20 minutes notice, and I'm like, dude, I have a migraine, man. I cannot be on the podcast. Yeah. like it yeah. happens.
1: It happens exactly. So. Thank you to Carrick for being such an understanding As sure. he, uh, he sat there and just chilled. While I, I did. Was I dying. sang
2: Metallica songs. You can probably hear them in my copy of the audio. I'm just like, hey, sit, I <laughs> was just sitting here waiting. It happens. I'm good. All
1: right. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for participating. Uh, if you got this far, just put the hashtag stomach.": Yeah,
2: no shit. <laughs> that,
1: that's the only way you'll know. Because, see, the perfect thing is, you know, you actually, no, you could always technically skip, couldn't you? Oh, well. I'm going to trust that no one does that. All right ladies and gentlemen, we're going to sign off with this episode and we will catch you guys uh, next week. Peace, Peace out. out.